loving yourself doesn't mean you never change or you never grow or you never shoot for something better. It just means you just love yourself. And sometimes it takes that to grow and to change and you can love yourself through the process. Welcome to the Horsewoman Project, a podcast where we talk about all things horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. I'm, I'm just interested to see where we take this. <laughs> <laughs> right? Let's see where this conversation takes. I know. Like, <laughs> like, I just wrote down a few things that were on the top of my mind yesterday after you told me what the topic was about. So, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, okay. I uh, did not write anything down, but I my mind was going a bit on it last night, so. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> you don't have thought. to write things down. The way my brain's been, Lily, I have been, like, just last week and then the beginning of this week, like, fatigue has been crazy. Like, I just mm. have a hard time even talking. <laughs> last week, it was like, I was like, couldn't get words like words just oh no seriously (laughs) so I'm hoping that I'm on kind of the end of this but I was very 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 tired all last week so I'm like I've got to write things down or it's I'm not going to have anything in there (laughs) (laughs) oh I have to write things down too when it comes to like appointments or things like that oh I have to write them down like thought processes usually I do pretty well if I like not writing them down, but mm-hmm. yeah, if it's, if it's specific times and dates and things, I'm like, I'm going to miss it. If it is not written in like on my phone or on my calendar. <laughs> right. Yep. When I have them in like three different places, cause I do Google calendar for like everything. And I try to make sure it's blocked out because people, that's what people can schedule me on. So like, if you click the link to schedule a call, that's where it goes. So if I don't have things blocked out at the beginning of the week, I can accidentally double book myself. So Uh, I try to make sure things are blocked out in there. And then I write them down in my planner and then I have them somewhere on my phone because that's just who I am. So (laughs) (laughs) got in multiple places. Oh my gosh. Yes. And if I didn't, I'd forget. So yeah, it's just have to have it, but how's your week been? been good it's my birthday today so last weekend we uh happy birthday <laughs> thank you i even i even tried to remember i'm like i'm gonna like sing or something and then you know my brain so happy birthday <laughs> thank you but yeah i decided to take the kids up to disney on ice and it was so fun oh. and my daughter thea she's six and she oh my goodness it was so funny just randomly she would just like oh <gasps> like just start clapping it was like oh my gosh <laughs> it was so cool and fun so it was good and then went to the cheesecake factory which was delicious so <laughs> that sounds like such a fun day with the disney on ice do they have like a specific story they're telling like a disney story that they're telling or is it kind of like all the stories or um this one they it, the theme was find your hero so they did several different stories that had to do with being a certain kind of hero and that it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be big and strong you can be a small girl and be a hero (laughs) it was very cute that's awesome and of course you can't do that without having elsa which was (laughs) (laughs) wasn't she elsa for halloween not this year but a previous year yeah okay 
Uh, I'm like, I remember her in her Elsa outfit, (laughs) so it's got to be one of the years. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She wore the, we had gotten her multiple Elsa dresses because she would wear them every day, all day. (laughs) Like, she was Elsa every day. (laughs) And she wore holes through those dresses. And (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's cute. That's so cute. Well, how fun. Are you going to do anything today? That's going to be fun. Probably not. Just work. (laughs) Come on. I don't know. You should still have a cake or something. (laughs) I know. Uh, My friend brought me a cheesecake. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Cheesecake. (laughs) Might just be my favorite dessert. So that's awesome. I can't even remember the last time I had a cheesecake. Sounds good, though. (laughs) I don't know why, but man, it is my favorite dessert all the flavors like the turtle mm. ones the raspberry ones they're just so good <laughs> any flavor of cheesecake <laughs> i love it what do you think should we get into our topic yes i just don't even know where to begin it so i'm like kind of waiting for you to start it because i'm like i don't know <laughs> uh, so our topic is essentially loving yourself but also loving yourself enough to grow in I think uh, like uh, the main part of it that we were talking about was like the fitness aspect right Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do think it will like we'll see where this conversation takes us but I do think it applies in everything in your life aside from just health and fitness goals so since you Michaela are the health fitness guru here do you want to talk a little bit about like your experience of like what you've seen with clients and how they can maybe get stuck on one side or the other of feeling like you can't have self-love and growth at the same time. Like if you want growth, then you have to hate who you are now. Or, I mean, what, what have you seen with your clients' perspectives? Yeah, this is actually great. Um, so I kind of want to talk about mine a little bit because it kind of bleeds into what my clients are like too and how, how I handle it with my clients. Mm-hmm. So last year, I was prepping for a photo shoot and for this photo shoot, my goal was to get like extremely lean, like as lean as I could possibly get. Cause I've never done that before. And I wanted to prove to myself that I could, um, mm-hmm. as well as have some good photos to put on like my business things. So I'm prepping for this and I had always been stuck in that rabbit hole of trying all the things. I mean, I had so many health issues, so I'd tried like every diet you could possibly think that's out there. I tried like those stupid pills that, you know, I think Oprah did or something one time, you know, like, yeah, like all the stupid things. And, you know, once I got my certification and stuff, I got even more frustrated with myself because it's like, I was leading people who were like losing 30, 40 pounds and, and doing awesome, getting healthy. And it's like, yeah, like I'll just do that thing. And I tried to do it. And then I just wouldn't do it. I just Mm -hmm. kind of fell at it. And it was super frustrating because it's like, how come I can lead other people through this, but I can't lead myself. And it really led me into a place of self-doubt. Like my trust in myself was very, very low because I just, I was like, well, I can't do it. Like, obviously I must be some weird person who just science, like it doesn't work, you know, (laughs) it just like doesn't work. So going into my photo shoot, it's, the process for that, I mean, it was, it was really amazing to just watch and see my growth through that process and to be like, wow, like, look at what I really can accomplish when I have somebody on my side, you know, somebody leading me, somebody pushing me on, somebody cheerleading me through this process and just having that accountability of, Hey, like I, I want to show up at the, and be the best version of myself. 
And through this, like I kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And one thing I noticed, like before I had committed to a photo shoot, my coach would check in with me and be like, Hey, like, how are you feeling? Do you want to stop um, getting lean? Do you want to keep getting lean? What are you thinking? I'm like, Oh no, I want to keep getting lean. Right. And at this point I'm like leaner than I've ever been. No, I I really want to keep going, you know? And as we got closer and closer to the photo shoot, once I finally decided to do that, um, one thing that was really hard for me to realize was going into my photo shoot, I did not feel like I was enough. Like, I did not feel like I was skinny enough. I did not feel like I was ripped enough. I did not feel like I had done enough to get to that point. Like, I felt like I should have still, like, lost maybe 10 or 15 more pounds like I yeah right (laughs) yeah (laughs) just saying (laughs) thank you (laughs) but just mentally I was not there like and you know when you when you're changing yourself it's really hard to see that growth sometimes because you are changing like in the day-to-day so you're just seeing yourself change and it just becomes part of the norm and like my husband like he didn't really notice that big of a change in me because he'd seen the same thing like it was just a slow change and so it was really really hard because I did the photo shoot and the photo shoot experience was amazing like I freaking loved it I can't wait to do another one maybe in like a year or two and I just remember like seriously the moment my photographer left just like depression hit you know it's like oh my gosh like like what's next you know um because I just I didn't have a plan or a goal set after that I didn't know where to go after that I didn't know like okay what's the next thing and I really kind of spiraled from that point to just like I, I didn't know what to do and And then I also was disappointed in myself because again, like I just, I did not feel like I had given it, given it enough. I didn't feel like I was good enough in, in that shoot in how I, how I presented my package. I just really, I felt like I should have been leaner, right? Like I just, Mm -hmm. I was disappointed that I wasn't leaner than I was. Now, looking back at those pictures, I'm like, holy crap, like, I was lean, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and it's crazy, like, looking back at that being like, oh, my goodness, like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I could have been leaner. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't think you had 10 to 15 more to lose, like, right. yeah. <laughs> I was very skinny. <laughs> you looked really good. Holy cow. Thank that you. took a lot of discipline, too. It did. And it was very hard. And the hardest part was coming out of that because I did spiral and because in my head, like it just wasn't good enough that the moment my weight started to come back up, oh my gosh, like it took me through a whole bunch of emotions because I mean, I was so depleted at that point too. So um, when you prep for a photo shoot or like, let's say you're getting on stage or something, you are quite depleted. Like you're, you spend, like I spent like maybe a week seriously just depleting my body of like glycogen stores so when we got into the photo shoot I replenished my glycogen like the the day before and the day of so my muscles are really popping in the photo shoot Mm -hmm. um and when that happens weight comes up because your glycogen stores are are being refilled your body's starting to retain a little bit more water but seeing that was a whole another level of like emotional turmoil for me, which was interesting because with my background, it's like, I knew, like I knew the science behind all the things, my coaches educating me along the way too. But Mm -hmm. even then it was like, 
oh, it just, it really threw me through a loop watching the scale go up and it really um, triggered some old behaviors to come back in where I wasn't as disciplined coming out of it because I just was like, well, what's the point, right? Like, what's the point? Obviously I'm not good enough to maintain this. So mm-hmm. whatever, you know, um, and granted, like I'm still very lean, but it just, it really messed with my brain coming out of that. And it really spoke to me just that, wow, I didn't love myself at all through that process because every time I looked at myself or every time my coach checked in with me and asked like, how are you feeling? Like, do you want to get leaner? Do you want to stay here? I was always like, well, no, of course I don't want to stay here. Like I'm not good enough here. Right. And then it's like, I finally hit this goal that I'd spent so long prepping for and like a goal that I never thought I'd actually accomplish. And I still thought I wasn't good enough, even in that moment. And that really hit hard for me and made me realize like, wow, you like, you need to do the work in the moment to be able to love yourself. So you can, when you get to that goal, when you can, um, and when you accomplish that thing, you can appreciate it. You can realize and appreciate who you are in that moment because I was not able to do that. And so like my goal for the next one, you know, like in a year or two would be to be able to get to that point and be able to fully appreciate the work that I put in and appreciate like just who I was at the beginning, you know, where I didn't do that at the beginning. I didn't appreciate who I was throughout the entire process because I just had that mindset of like, I'm never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. I've got to get smaller. And it was, yeah. So it was kind of crazy. Anyways, that's a long story, but that's something I notice in my clients and that because of that experience, I've really pushed with my clients as far as we are working on mindset in the moment. Every time we do check-ins, like, like, I'm like, okay, where are you? If I notice anything in like the language in, in how they're checking in with me, we're going to, I'm going to pick it out and we're going to talk about it. We're going to go through it because I really want to make sure that my clients are in love with themselves as they are now, because if they don't, they're not going to love themselves at the end of this journey either. And then that's when sabotage happens, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So I have a question for you. Do you feel like, because we talked about in your story, right? About how you were always like the tall girl, the big girl, because you got so tall at like 12. Um, Do you think that kind of leaned into that? Or do you think it's more just kind of a society thing with like what they push for women needing to be so tiny? And what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think yes to both. (laughs) So um, for me, that definitely had a big piece to play in it because that is part of just my conditioning, right? Because when you are so little and that's what you're hearing, that just becomes part of your development, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because your brain is still developing, how how you're handling things is still developing. So that is something I still like, even now, even after I've done so much work on myself, I still struggle with today of that feeling of like, man, I'm huge because like I hang around, my friends are like your size, you know, you guys are teeny tiny little girls. And, and my, um, my sister-in-laws are all tiny little girls. And so sometimes I do feel like the giant in the room because my mom's your size too. So my mom's a little person. (laughs) And, um, and so, sometimes like especially getting around that like I can find myself comparing and being like man I'm such a giant like like you know I I, like 
do things to make myself feel smaller. And it's definitely a reason why I was attracted to my husband too, to start off with, because he is a <laughs> big guy and I love that and still do. Like, I love that he makes me feel very feminine because I dated a lot of guys who did not make me feel feminine, you know, and like they were great guys, but just because I am as strong as I am and I have that conditioning, it was very hard for me to, to feel like I was a feminine in those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my clients, cause I have clients who, who don't have that background, right? Like they grew up being the smallest, they grew up always being the skinniest, they grew up that. So I think for them, it's a lot more of the society where you've got to be smaller and smaller and smaller. And granted, it also depends on the culture because I have clients of different cultures as well. And I have noticed like white American culture, it is very much smaller, 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 stick thin. Like I'm constantly trying to break through that stigma with them. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I've got some clients who are, I've, my oldest client right now is 76, 77. Um, And she, it's, it's interesting trying to break through some of her habits and dynamics because you know she grew up in like the 60s and the 60s it's like you've got to have like stick everything you've got to have a waist that that the guys can just wrap their hands around and like touch their fingers together you know that's kind of the stigma you're breaking through there um so it's been interesting educating her as well but then I I've worked with some Hispanic girls as well and their culture is very different where their culture is more like they they appreciate like the chubby and so for them it's interesting because we're actually kind of working through their feedback that they get from from family so when they are losing weight when they are feeling really good their family will be like well you're too skinny like you looked better when you were chubby you don't look as good now and it's really interesting so so yeah, so culture has a lot to play into it in like society and and what society tells you, but also I think growing up can and the conditioning that way. But yeah. like I feel like maybe I rambled there. Did I answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, like I am one of those people that I did grow up being like, oh, you're so tiny, you're so tiny. And mm-hmm. and uh so yeah, it's it's a little different. You're from your point of view, because like got my point of view, but your point of view being the smallest one, how has that affected you and your self-love is like, even just with your body? Um, I have a lot of overweight people in my family. And at one point my mom, well, for a good portion of my growing up years, my mom was about 250 pounds at five foot four. Um, she was a big gal and she ended up getting uh, gastric bypass surgery mm-hmm. and doing the Atkins diet and all of that. Um, but I just remember I was always like, you know, I never had any kind of pooch, never had anything. Like I was just like teeny, teeny, tiny, like, you know, mm-hmm. like I could pick you up with one arm, you know? And, and so <laughs> it's like trying to maintain that of like always staying tiny, but then also the perspective of, I am so small in stature that people are like, oh, you don't need to lose weight. You don't need to like do anything better. You're already so tiny. And I'm like, well, I'm tiny, but I'm not like at the fitness level I want to be at. And so just having people always tell you, oh, you're tiny, you're tiny, you're tiny. And it's like, but is that, you know, like what, what does tiny even mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. So it's, it's definitely different. Um, but yeah, growing up with the, the genetics that I did, I think was hard for me just seeing, you know, a lot of family members be overweight and mm-hmm. lots of type two diabetes because of being overweight and, mm-hmm. and sugar addiction. And yeah, I just, it was almost like I was scared of being 
overweight. Like it was like, I'm not going to let that happen. Like, ah, no, 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 I won't do that. And yeah, just breaking through that fear and just being able to like, you know, I gained 10 pounds to a lot of people, 10 pounds is nothing. But to me, that was huge. Like 10 pounds was like, oh my gosh, like terrifying Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Mm -hmm. have gained 10 pounds. But being able to just realize that my sister actually said this, so I'm, I'm paraphrasing her. Um, she had said that she loved her body for it being able to take on the stress and the, the things that she was not able to mentally handle at the time. Um, and that her body was able to absorb that and be able to be the thing that took the back seat a little bit, you know, and gain that weight while she was trying to fix things mentally um, and get herself in a good mental place before she could get in a good physical place. Mm. And I think that's kind of a good way to look at it is, is she loved her body for what it was able to do for her, even though it wasn't like super skinny and, and perfectly lean. Um, her body was there for her and it has taken care of her through this. And now she's like, now I'm in a good mental place. I can take care of my body kind of a thing. Um, and I really kind of like that perspective of just appreciating your body because it does so many amazing things from you know, I mean, if you're a woman, it does childbirth, but like it'll gain weight, it'll lose weight, it'll gain muscle, it'll gain fat, it'll lose, you know, it, it, there's so much that your body does for you. It's, it's insane. The human body is an amazing thing. So oh, anyway, 100%. again, a big ramble there. But <laughs> oh no, no, that's good. Cause that's, that's something that really stood out to me as I was thinking about this topic and kind of the work that I had to do to even become like any, any sort of self-love, especially growing up, because it was really hard. I mean, granted, I grew up in a very small school, so there's four girls in my entire class. And for the longest time, I'm the biggest girl, right? And these girls are teeny, like they barely come up to my shoulder and I'm playing sports against these girls. And so it was always like, well, you're a beast. You're this huge person. You've got to be careful. Like you're going to hurt people. And, and it was very hard to hear. Cause it's like, I, I don't want to be that way, you know, and any attentions I ever got from boys were either boys who are way older than me and it just freaked me out or, you know, <laughs> cause like the boys around me were scared of me. They were not, they were not about to like, look at me as a girl. Right. Um, but I can remember those times and that's kind of when my horses came into play and, and where I was really able to dive into them and realize like wow I am so thankful for this body because me as a 12 year old I'm able to lift like 75 pound saddles 80 pound saddles and saddle my own horses who are like 15 3 16 hands and I can go do that where there's none of my friends at that time who could have right they they, Mm -hmm. they'd have to wait for their dads to come home and saddle their horses for them if we wanted to go for a ride and and I could do that myself and that was something where I really leaned into that where I was like you know I'm just so thankful that I do have the strength to be able to do things like that because it it gave me so much more freedom at such a younger age than I would have had yeah and just that independence you know and that self-reliance that you could just do it yourself so that's awesome yeah, no, for sure. And it's, it's really interesting because it, it's so fun. Cause I feel like we have like the two spectrums here, me who's <laughs> like huge and you who is teeny. So it's really interesting to hear how it, but like it affected us both kind of the same way, right? Where we're both like, okay, we've got to be small. 
Like we, and like for you, it's maintaining that smallness. For me, it was always trying to get myself smaller and like to the point, like I was too scared to lift or do anything. Cause it's like, well, I, I want my muscles to shrink. I don't want muscles anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And for you, it's, I, I don't know if that was the same for you, but it's just interesting to hear that. Like, I'm like, man, I, I never had that mindset ever of maintaining where I was. I've, I've always had the mindset of smaller, 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 smaller. So it's really interesting yeah. to listen to yours. So did you ever have anything like that where you were like scared to work out or scared to do things because of that? Um, actually, no, it was a little bit the opposite in that area, in the muscle, like musculature side of things. Um, a lot of times, you know, like I'm short, so I couldn't reach things or I couldn't do things. Um, because I was so small and, um, but I never let that stop me. Like I was like, Oh, you think I can't do that? Like I will find a way. (laughs) And so I, it, it gave me a lot of like, I don't know, I guess I, I, I want to prove you wrong type of mentality of Mm -hmm. don't tell me I can't just because I'm small. And so I did want to be like stronger and better. And like, I still have a memory from elementary school where I remember that I tackled a kid in um what were we even playing I think it was football might have been like rugby or something um but yeah something with a ball where we were tackling people and I remember being like yeah I tackled a guy like (laughs) I was teeny tiny and um but just like taking pride in that of like yes I can be strong I'm not just like this frail little teeny tiny girl like I can be strong um so that was kind of how that aspect played out (laughs) yeah that's so interesting because it was so opposite to me it's like I would just have to like throw my arm out and I could like you know throw (laughs) guys to the ground and so and that was just not empowering for me so I love that that was something that was empowering for you Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so interesting to like think about that and be like man what would it have been like if I could have just been empowered by that right like (laughs) like that would have been so nice but it, so yeah, it's really interesting and it, it's going to be, it's just going to be interesting to dive into this a little bit more because, because we do have kind of that opposite, opposite sides mm-hmm. of things. So, well, and like, even still with my job now, you know, I'm, I'm mainly a cult starter at this point and, um, and you'd be surprised, like, there's a lot of people who will be like, oh, you're a cult starter, but you're so tiny. Mm. Like, <laughs> like they think again, it's that whole, like, but you can't do that. You're still small. And it's like, actually I can like, (laughs) so it's funny how, like, even still to this day, like when people say things like that, it's like, ha, I did it. (laughs) I love it. I love how it just empowers you. I think that's awesome. Leaning into that. Cause, um, like from the horse side and granted with how I grew up, I just have always been stuck in that. I'm a big person. Like mm-hmm. now I, when we graduated, I was one of the shortest in my class. Like, yeah. So like everyone surpassed me, but I still had it in my head that I was bigger and stronger than everybody. And I had to be smaller. Um, mm-hmm. And then going into the horse world, it was kind of that same thing for me where I'd look at horses and be like, oh, but am I going to squish them? Like, I, I don't know, like, should I ride them? And I'm like, and there, you know, there's times I question myself, even with my mare now, you know, I'm like, am I going to squish her if I ride her? Like, you know, like how, uh, you know, but that's just where my brain is at because I just am so used to thinking of myself as being this big hunk of person and I'm really not, you know, and, and yeah, it was interesting, um, 
like going into college and stuff and getting around more people and more variety of people and realizing like there was just a lot of things I realized um, getting out of my small town that it was like, wow, like people found me feminine. People found me pretty. Like people didn't know my strength. And that has always been like, to me, it's always really funny when people second guess my strength because I am a very strong person and I do have a lot of pride in, in my strength, especially now. Um, but it is always really funny to me. Like if we'll go out and get hay and I'll get these guys and they're like, like, trying to like push me out of the way so I can't help you know they're like oh I'll do this and I'm like pretty sure I can probably lift that better than you can you know in in a lot of areas and and it's just really funny because when you grow up in such a small town you have that stigma over your head and it starts at the young age and it stays with you so until I moved out of this small town I had never had anyone ever question my strength because that had always been over my head. And so it was really interesting to be in places where people were like, oh, can you do that? I'm like, what do you mean, can I do this? You know, like, <laughs> like really? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I can, you know, like, no big deal. And it was really funny. And something that, like, even now today, where I'm like, it just, it still takes me back sometimes when people are like, like, just gosh, a month ago, we were out getting hay. And this kid was helping us um, put the put the bells in. And he's like, and I, I stayed in the trailer and I was bucking it up and they were just handing me it. Like they were taking it from the stack to the trailer and I was the one bucking it up. And the kid who was helping us looks at me and he's like, do you want me to do that? And I'm just kind of looking at him. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I got this. And my husband just started laughing when he gets in the truck. He's like, I'm pretty sure you can lift twice as much as that kid can. You know? And I'm like, well, you're probably right. I mean, there's that one end where it's like, thank you for being a gentleman and asking, but I got yeah. this, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's just interesting, interesting what, yeah. what comes up. I... Yeah. Well, and it's, it's funny too, because you had been, when you were working for me, you were prepping for your photo shoot. And I remember how self-conscious you were about writing peanut because she's tiny. I mean, she's, I think 13, two, I think she was 13, one at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I remember you being like, should I ride her? And I'm like, like, Michaela, you're small. Like, it's fine. Just get on. <laughs> right. But no, I'm seriously like, oh, and still even riding her. I was like, I'm not comfortable pushing her past this because she's carrying a lot of weight. <laughs> like, and, I mean, and she was, because even at my skinniest, I was like right at the brink of what she probably should be carrying. Yeah. But even then it's like, yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, huh? <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're not that big. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. but, you know, my head, my brain. <laughs> so what would be your suggestion as a coach to, like, break through some of these these mindsets that whether it be from, you know, culture or um, or from, you know, a family history, you know, genetics or from just your personal history, how do you kind of break through some of those things that that make you doubt yourself and how do you um, come into a little bit more of like that self-love? Yeah, so I mean, there's like so many avenues I can take this right now. So I'm going to like try to try to not ramble and take it like point by point here because I'm like, OK, I just thought about 15 things that we can talk about. Um, the first thing um, that I would say, especially if you've got negative self-talk is the first thing is always going to be work on yourself first. So notice when you have those thoughts coming up, when you are talking negatively to yourself and question that, 
question that thought process and say, hey, why, why do I feel this way? What's going on? Like, what's the truth behind this statement? Is there truth behind this statement? Because, um, like, for me, at my photo shoot, for instance, it's like, man, I still feel fat. Like, and I, I would tell my husband, I'm like, I just, like, I'm still kind of chubby. Like, I, I, you know, I still, I still felt very chubby. And that was, that was really hard for me to realize. It's like, here I am, the leanest I've ever been in my life. And I still feel chubby and there are still like some of the outfits that I have where I'm like, man, I've got like this pooch or, you know, I've got, got like this lower belly area. Um, and if I could have just had the self-minded enough to really stop myself in my tracks and be like, okay, you're fat. Really? Is that true? Like, well, no, you know, like that would have been like one of the first things that would have like stopped, stopped that. And then just asking, okay, so like, what is the truth here? Like what's, what's, what's actually true here? Because we spend so much time lying to ourselves and that's what gets us stuck in these tracks, you know? And so anytime I notice something with a client, um, where they're talking negatively or, or I just notice like a negative statement in there, it's, it's turning it around and being like, Hey, let's, let's turn this around. What, what can we find that's true and positive? Because most of the time the negative statements are lies, right? Like they're, Mm -hmm. they're just lying to themselves. Like we'll get, oh, I just don't feel like I did good enough or man, I had this cake. So I failed. I failed at my goal this week. And it's like, why does a piece of cake make you feel like you failed? You know? And, and it's Mm -hmm. finding that root because most of the time it's not that thing. Like, like the piece of cake, it's not about the piece of cake. It's about the value you gave that. And so it's figuring out, okay, what, what value did I give that? And why did I give it that value? And why am I allowing the value of this cake to mean my personal value and, mm-hmm. and really battling with that? It takes a lot of work, <laughs> I will say. And it is hard to do without somebody who can kind of help push you forward if you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're one example that's like you you're really good at being kind of self-aware so it's like some of the some some of the conversation you 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 and I have had here's my fatigue coming out (laughs) Um, you're really good at being able to be like well yeah no here's the truth right and Mm -hmm. you are really good at being very self-aware because you have spent years working on that especially with your horses and you have spent years about learning how to come back into your body and think about the emotions and think about that, which sometimes is like, can almost work against you in some ways, but <laughs> most of the time it's, it's really good. So it's like, whenever I have to like reframe you, you're really good at like coming up being like, no, like this is the truth. And here's how this is going to apply to me. And, and then you go with it. Right. Where yeah. there's most of my clients are not at that point. Most of my clients is like, okay, we'll reframe. And then we'll spend a week reframing the one thing, right? Because they're just not there. They haven't spent years learning how to connect with themselves like you have. Um, So also with the horses, because that's been something that's been really helpful, like I've noticed with Camry and myself, is learning how to connect with your horses can really help you connect back with yourself as well. So that's kind of the first part. Do you have anything to say about that? Like I said, I've got 15 other ways we can take this. (laughs) No, I think that's great. Um, Just being able to, I think, separate when you need to, like maybe a good place to start with that would be separating out what is fact and what is um, your thought about the fact. So, because that's where the emotion comes in, right? Is 
is there's the fact of, you know, this is your scale number, this is your fat percent, or this is your measurement, this is, you know, um, any of those things, but then it's the, how you feel about that, that is what comes into play. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just taking away that feeling behind the fact and looking at it as if your numbers, your measurements were someone else's and seeing it that way versus the thought behind it, um, I think can really help you put it into perspective. Mm -hmm. So just kind of one thought that I had on that. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, and, and you're exactly right. Like looking at it as just a number, you know, cause all those things that you listed they're they're just numbers. And for mm -hmm. some reason we have given all these numbers a big value and we've given them enough authority to tear us down. And yeah. it's just a number like yeah. other than when you weigh yourself in the morning, like that's the only time that that number even comes up. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting how we have allowed that number to get into our head and be the thing that tears us down every single day. Mm -hmm. And that's actually kind of going along with that. That has been something that I've really struggled with just in my coaching practice is, is having people weigh themselves because it can be such a big thing that tears people down. Like it can stop people from, from, um, progressing. Cause I have, for instance, I had this one client, um, Oh gosh. So I had her for about six, seven months and the entire six or seven months, she lost three pounds total. That mm -hmm. was it. But her pictures, night and day different, different person. She went down like two sizes in, in dress sizes. She had to buy new bra sizes. Like she, her body changed significantly, but that number like never changed. And it was, it was interesting to work with her because, um, because it never did change. Right. And yeah. she, she's a pretty small girl as it is. And from what we were doing, like I would have expected that number to change like drastically and it, it never did. And it was really interesting to work through that with her. Um, but also she, she was very, very good at being able to see her pictures and her measurements and really appreciating those. Um, so she was really good at not letting the number have that effect over her. Um, mm -hmm. But it still had a little bit, right? Like it was still was frustrating for both of us because it was like, I don't know why it's doing this, but you're you're looking great. You're looking amazing. She feels awesome. Yeah. But I did, or I have battled quite a bit with, should I just throw the scale out? Like, and not have that as be part of my program because it it does come up quite a bit. And there, there are a lot of conversations I'll have with women where, um, like over the weekend, their, their scale will jump up two pounds and oh my gosh, it just like throws them for a loop and, and they end up like spiraling. Um, even though it's like, okay, well, yeah, you, you ate quite like really high sodium foods. So your body's retaining more water here. Um, you had a little bit more volume. So your body's retaining more water here. But if we look at the total value of what they ate over the weekend, it's like, there's no possible way that you could have gained two pounds in fat no way yeah. like it's impossible for you to have done that after we've looked at everything right um but so like a couple of those a couple of times having those conversations with clients I have questioned myself like okay do I want to keep this as part of my program like it is a it is a big thing to have that data but I'm like how important is this data versus like just getting rid of this conflict right <laughs> that these clients yeah. have 
And it's something I, I finally did bring to my coach, which I talk about him all the time, guys. His name is Jeremiah Bear. I'll link to his stuff under here too. Like I talk about him all the time and I don't think I've ever named him, um, but he's been very helpful for me and a really good mentor. I talked to him about it one day because I was like, look, I, I just need your opinion because I'm really struggling with this. Um, and there are some coaches out there who don't do the scale. Like they don't have clients weigh themselves. And I've been watching them and kind of going, maybe I should do that. But he had a really good point that really made me rethink how I look at it with my clients and how I'm going to have my clients relook at it. Um, he was like, yeah, he's like, it can be a problem, but here's the thing. He's like, you can just cut it out. Right. But if you do that, you're just ignoring the problem yeah. because there's that problem there. And he's like, it's much better to at least have them continually coming to it and, and coaching them through that and trying to come to the root of the problem versus just just getting rid of the, um, like the symptoms, right? Like mm -hmm. managing the symptoms. That's what you'd be doing if you got rid of the scale where, cause he's like, there's, there's no scenario where they would never weigh themselves again. Mm -hmm. like there's, there's zero scenario. And I'm like, you're right. Cause like, even if you were to throw your scale away, you've got doctor's appointments. I know some ladies like, like, gosh, there's some bathrooms you go into in businesses and they've got scales in their bathrooms. Like you really? go to the gym and there's scales at, at the gym. And so so I'm like, you know, there's, there's no way that like you would never, ever in your entire life, not weigh yourself mm -hmm. again. Right. Or talk about your weight in some way, especially as a woman. And that really helped me reframe that and become a little bit more confident in why I keep it because it's like, no, you're right. Like if I hadn't kept weighing myself and working with him through my own issues with the scale, I wouldn't love myself as much as I do today because I mm -hmm. wouldn't have done that work to make the number not matter. Yeah, And so, so that's one of the things like, I'm like, no, I, I am going to keep this as part of my thing because it does, it brings up problems that we can work through. Right. And I'd much yeah. rather work through my clients with it than have them leave me and never have worked through it. And, mm -hmm. you know, then it's going to cause issues after they leave. Right. Yeah. So, well, so it that. actually is relatable to me with horsemanship, because if you have a horse that has a quote unquote issue, you know, they won't they won't stop or they won't turn to the left or they won't um or they spook at this thing always um any anything that's resistance you could just like throwing away the scale would be symbolic of like oh well we just won't won't do that maneuver we just mm -hmm. we just won't turn left or we just won't work on stops because that that horse resists so we just won't do that uh, we just won't deal with it. And it's kind of the same thing, you know, like if you don't deal with it, like there's no way you can't like say it is turning left. There's no way you're never going to turn your horse left. Like, you right. know, <laughs> like you have to deal with that. And, yeah. um, or there's no way you're not going to ever stop your horse. Like mm -hmm. you have to find the resistance and learn how to deal with it and how to soften it so that it isn't resistance anymore. And, um, so yeah, I think it relates in that way where, you can't just avoid the problem. You have to see what the problem is, be honest with yourself about, you know, your feelings behind the scale and, and maybe dig into, you know, some thought work on, on why you have those feelings about it and, and be able to work through that. And I think having a coach for that is, um, yeah, imperative. <laughs> I think you could do it on your own, but I think it would be so, so much harder, yeah. um, without someone kind of helping 
keep you in check and asking you the right questions and mm -hmm. just helping you break down some of that, that stuff that uh, creates that resistance and that hatred of the scale. And <laughs> right. Well, and someone for me, it's even more just having someone to talk about, talk to about it, who's safe, right? Yeah. My coach is a very safe person to talk about my body with because that's his job, right? And I know that he would never judge me ever. Mm -hmm. And he's never going to patronize me either and be like, oh, but it's fine. You look great. Like, he's never going to say that to me. He's going to yeah. be like, okay, so what's the problem? You know? And I'll be like, what's this? <laughs> but because it's like, you can use a friend, but a lot of times you're going to end up, especially if it's a friend, you're going to end up with that, but you're awesome. You look uh -huh. great, you know, versus actually pushing you through and working through it. So, so mm -hmm. I agree. Having a coach is very helpful with that like can it be done with that one yes it just takes a lot of work and a lot of self-reflection like and a yeah. lot of you've got to be able to have enough of a bird's eye view on yourself to catch yourself in those moments to ask yourself the right questions so for yeah. sure there and I love I love that comparison to the horse training because it is funny, the more that I coach and this is, and it's great for me because I'm trying to figure out how to make these both work. But the more that I coach, the more I'm like, man, it's all like horse training, you know, like, or vice versa. And I always kind of made the, the connection between fitness and your riding. Right. But mm -hmm. as I've been focusing more full-time on coaching and having the training be more of my background, it's been interesting, especially as I get my horse people, right? Um, coming in, I'm like, well, think about your horse. You need to collect your own body. Like you would collect your horse's body. Like that's, that's the, we need your body collected so you can move better. And it's been interesting being able to use that with, with my horse savvy clients. Can't use that with the ones who don't know horses at all, but it's yeah. been interesting because then they're like, oh yeah, I got this. And then they can like collect their bodies because they've been collecting their horses bodies for years. Yeah. Um, and it's been really interesting that way, but you're like totally right. It's like, okay, what if your horse was scared of a tree? Are you never going to ride by a tree again? Yeah. And yeah. so, you, you know, you, you need to deal with the root of the problem and get to the root of the problem handle yeah. it both in horses and, and your own life and your own psyche. And if you're not willing to get to the root of the problem, then just realize you've got to be willing to deal with it for the rest of your life. You've got to be yeah. willing to deal with that spook or that, that, um, that spiral thoughts that you have. Yeah. And if you're okay with that, like, that's okay. You can live there, but there is a better way to live, you know, yeah. and a better way to ride as well. So I love, I love that comparison. That's yeah. awesome. So one other little tip as well that I have there is, I have one of those scales that tells you body fat and um, muscle and bone and water composition. And granted, there is like that's variable depending on how hydrated you are and, and different things. But having that is way more helpful to me than having just the overall scale number, because then I can see the percentages shifting. The muscle mm -hmm. percent is going up the fat percent is going down. And so even if my weight is staying the same, it's like, I don't care about the weight. I just want to be, I want to have more muscle and less fat. Mm -hmm. um, the scale number isn't, isn't a big deal to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think pant size and like muscle and everything that yeah. is much more important than just a scale number. But even then, you know, it's, I've noticed in the past for sure, if a number stays the same or when I'm trying to lose, because mm -hmm. um, a lot of times over the years I've just maintained maintain 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 and it doesn't bother me to not see the number go down but if I am actively trying to lose weight and like within one week the number hasn't shifted it's like 
Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's like it it does still show up even though you know for the most part it doesn't usually bother me oh, yeah. um there's definitely that the time where you do have to kind of check yourself and be like mm -hmm. okay but what does it actually mean <laughs> mm -hmm. no 100 percent. and I am gonna put like a little disclaimer with those scales I don't love those scales oh, really? because they don't go off of like your actual body they do like their own little internal math um so like like it's okay but for some people it may be way off as well um so one good good thing that you can use is like a dexa scan which if you go into your local nutrition shop like where you would get supplements um they often have one where they it actually does like electromagnetic work and you have um nodes that you put your hands on and your in your bare feet on and it'll actually send like um like what is the right word waves through your body yeah, well, yeah. I think that's what mine does because it has four little metal nodes on the on the scale okay uh-huh and I have to have my bare feet on it okay but okay so know. yours Maybe. yours might be better um then but there there are a lot of scales out there that it's just like like I don't often go off of what your scale says <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but if it does actually send the the electric waves through you then it then it will be more accurate so cool um but I also really like kind of what you said where it's like, oh, like the number doesn't bother me until, right? <laughs> till, right. till now, till, till this point. And <laughs> it, it is very interesting because I do the same thing. It's like I have a much better relationship with the scale right now. But one thing that is hard for me, and I coach a lot of like extended family members as well. And it's been interesting to see our genetics play out because my body um, fluctuates a crazy amount. And at, like the women that I coach who are extended family, theirs is the exact same thing as mine. And it's mm -hmm. been interesting to watch them because I'll coach someone like you and your body does like exactly what I'd predict it to do. Right. <laughs> and I've, I've got quite a few clients like that where I'm like, yep, exactly what I said would happen happened and it's great. And we can move forward. But with my body, it doesn't do that. <laughs> so <laughs> like, like I can gain three pounds overnight for like apparently no reason, right? Like it just, my body really just likes to retain things a lot better. And I've noticed that with like, I coach my mom um, and I have an aunt that I've coached for almost two years. And I've got a cousin that just signed on and is coaching with me right now. And they are all like, they, their bodies do the exact same thing as mine. And it's really frustrating because our measurements will fluctuate as well. Like not just our weight, our measurements will fluctuate just as much as our weight. Where most of the time when I coach people, like people like you, even if your weight doesn't go down, most of the time your measurements will. Like it'll be like one or the other. Where mm -hmm. with me and like these these family members of mine, I've noticed that their their measurements will fluctuate as much as the scale weight fluctuates. And it makes it kind of difficult to break through that mindset with them um, because it is very frustrating. But one thing that is helpful is because I also have them track pictures, their pictures change quite mm. a bit. And so that's been something that's been really powerful for me because I used to, when I very first started coaching, I didn't used to make people take pictures because everyone was like, oh, but I don't want to, it's embarrassing. And I was like, oh, okay, you don't have to. But mm. now I'm like kicking myself in the, in, in the butt because it would have given us so much more data, especially for some of the people that I was coaching, because what I did was close off some of the avenues that we could have looked at for results. Um, so it is important that you're looking at so many other things. That's kind of what I'm getting at here because 
depending on kind of your genetics as well, your body can respond a little bit differently. Nine times out of 10, your body's going to be like Camry's where it's like, you're going to lose exactly how much I would predict you would lose, you know, or, or your, your uh, measurements are going to come down exactly how it's predicted. But there are those outliers too, who it just doesn't work that way for some reason. And it can be very, very frustrating, (laughs) very frustrating. And that's definitely me. Like when I'm in a fat loss phase, I do tend to get a little bit more frustrated with the scale, even though it's like, I've done that work. I know I'm outside of the number, but it, it does get very frustrating because that is what we've been conditioned to that that's like our grade right like mm-hmm. if we're doing well in our fat loss or in our diet that scale is going to go down and if we're not then we failed because the scale stays the same mm-hmm. so it's turning that around and realizing like this is not a pass or fail grade right mm-hmm. we're looking at all these other things um and let's let's lean in and and, and talk about that as well yeah. Yeah, the, the small things. <laughs> Look at all the small improvements. Don't yes. just your end goal. <laughs> yes. And that's when, again, having a coach can be helpful just because they are looking at everything or they should be. If you have a coach who's only looking at your weight, I would maybe look for a different coach um, because one, it just, it's probably somebody who hasn't been coaching for a very long time. So probably, you know, doesn't have that background. So if they're only looking at like one thing, realize they're missing a whole big picture of what they could be seeing in in your body as well so don't only look at the weight and that's one thing like I have lots of people messaging me all the time like okay I'm really frustrated what's your advice what could I do here and I'm like well have you taken measurements what what do your pictures look like what does this look like oh I don't do those I'm like do those then come back to me, you know, I'm like come back (laughs) yeah yeah and that's one thing and I know um clients who leave me um if they haven't like completed the entire process that that we have planned out for them um it's 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 hard because I'm like oh like they know they should do all these things but I know they're not going to and they know they're not going to right because they no longer have to report to anybody and there is that value in having to report sometimes like it's so if you feel like you need that extra kick in the butt having somebody to report to can be very helpful just because it's like okay like I know I got to get this done and makes you take that extra step in taking pictures where I'm going to be honest. If I never had to take another picture, like if I didn't have to send that to my coach, I wouldn't, but (laughs) even though, like, I know that that's the most valuable way for me to get, to see my progress is from pictures. I probably wouldn't take them. Um, and that's just where I'm at right now. And maybe sometime down the road, I will be in a place where it's like, no, I would be as rigid and do all the things without reporting, but for me right now, no, I, I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> and so that's why I keep my coach and I'm yeah. going to continue growing with him. So I feel like right now there's this huge, it's like the polar opposite of what we've been talking about, right? Which is love yourself for being big, right? Oh yeah. Um, and I just kind of wanted to delve into that a little bit, like the flip side of, of, um, the, you know, we need to be skinnier, we need to be skinnier, but then this loving yourself, um, when you are bigger. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts on that on the flip side? (laughs) Yes. Okay. This one I'm, I'm always treading carefully around because (laughs) it is such a polarizing, um, opinion right now. I think whenever you can love yourself, it's a good thing. Like I'm never going to tell somebody that you shouldn't love yourself. Like ever, 
ever. You, you need to love yourself. You need to have that ability to love who you are. But do I love kind of how we're going from the stick thin to all of a sudden we're going to like obese models? Not necessarily because we're still, we're still touting unhealthy. And I just wish we could find like a happy medium where it's like, let's, let's show people what healthy looks like. And healthy doesn't look like six pack abs. It doesn't look like your fitness models. I mean, like, I love that kind of stuff, but they do not look like that all year round. They only look like that after they've dieted, like I did for my photo shoot for a few (laughs) months, you know? And I, so I would love to see like, okay, let's actually like tell what a healthy woman looks like. Somebody who is fit enough to do what they want to do. Somebody who isn't at risk for heart disease or diabetes and someone who isn't going to project like eating disorders or eating disorder behaviors. So that's kind of my thoughts, like as far as where society has taken it. But again, I would never, ever, ever, ever say that you can't love yourself. Loving yourself is the first step to doing anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the, what I've seen with it is there's a lot of love yourself, but don't love yourself enough to want to be healthier. Like, I feel like it's love yourself and let yourself stay obese or stay, um, you know, at an unhealthy place. Um, and so I think it's, it's so hard to balance loving yourself, but also wanting to improve. Because I think a lot of times when you want to improve, all of a sudden you hate where you're at because you're not at your end goal yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where it comes in of like, how do you love yourself enough to want to change, but still love where you are now? I don't yeah. Know, like that balance of finding that. Yeah. Well, and like you said, because to the reason I have such a hard time with this topic is there's so much that goes around a a single person, right? So, um, like that, I know people who it's like they are overweight. They you they don't have the health that they used to have, but they are happier than they ever were when they were skinny. And it is really hard for them to break through that because they are happy and they want to safeguard that happiness because everyone does like it takes a lot of work to get to that self-love place where you are truly happy with yourself Mm -hmm. and for them to jump into like a coaching scenario or any kind of exercise regime or or diet it's scary Mm -hmm. not because they don't think it's good for them but because it it does it does bring up those thoughts it does trigger some past behaviors or past thoughts. And what I would say, because I've had a couple like this, um, a couple clients like this. And the biggest thing is, is yes, that, that self-love that you have grown is an important thing and is amazing. And it's only going to get better if you allow some of that discomfort in and you allow yourself to work through that discomfort but it is hard and it is very very scary and it is a delicate place and way to balance it too as a coach um because there is that fine balance between between pushing but also allowing them to still have that self-love right right now um we're in this love yourself, love everybody thing. And it's great. I I love where society is going. I just Mm -hmm. can't wait till it settles a little bit. So we can get that, like that in between, right? Because we've gone from kind of like self-hatred, shoot for skinny, kill yourself till you get to this point to now it's like, oh, you don't have to do anything. 
you can be here, uh, which is, which is okay, but you can't grow as a person or as a society without growth, right? Like without yeah. shooting for improvement, you, you won't grow. So, yeah. and having that, like you said, that little bit of discomfort mm-hmm. to grow, you have to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and oh, 100%. <laughs> part of the process. Yep. Growth only comes through discomfort. You know, it's, it's the only way that growth happens. So you've got to be able to, well, not got to be able to, I guess what I'm trying to say is love yourself, but loving where you are does not mean you can't also want change. Cause I feel like it's, it's kind of like, you know, your friends where it's like, but you're, you're so small already you don't need to do that like here have some more pizza you know it's like no it doesn't like just because you're shooting for change doesn't mean you don't love yourself and I feel like that's what people jump to right now um yeah like when I was doing my photo shoot I got a lot of backlash from extended family for how I was looking and things because it was like well you're unhealthy you're not you know doing this right and it's like no actually I am you know, and I've talked a little bit about this, like on my social media, but it's, it's like the ones who I feel like it's not a waste of time. I will explain to them like what I'm doing, like, look at how much I'm actually eating. Look at like the process. Like I am doing this in a very, very healthy way, like the most possible healthy way that I could. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we're jumping to that point of, you just need to love yourself so you don't have to change. And it's like, no, loving yourself doesn't mean you never change or you never grow or you never shoot for something better. It just means you just love yourself. And sometimes it takes that to grow and to change and you can love yourself through the process. Does that make sense, Camry? I feel like I'm like my brain. (laughs) So um, I saw this comedian the other day that, that uh, reminds me of kind of what we're talking about here, but he was talking about how he used to make fun of millennials all the time. Oh, I saw this and, one too. Uh-huh. And he's like, and then I realized I was one. <laughs> but then he's talking about how he's like, you know, us millennials, we're so aware and we know everything about our bodies and what's wrong with it and what, what diseases or disorders or things that we have. And he's like, but man, I don't know if this is a good thing. And he's like, because people will tell me, oh, I have anxiety. And um, and, and I'll say, oh, yeah, so what are you doing to, to work on that? Oh, nothing. I'm just telling you so that you'll work around it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but no, like the way it relates to, to me in this is that um, it, it, it's that avoiding that resistance, right? It's, it's um, throwing a Band-Aid on the problem or just like avoiding the problem altogether is, is, not dealing with it, you know, yeah. and, and there are parts of your life that, like you said, you, you need to work on yourself and your mind first, and you have to start from a place of self-love before you can start down the path of improving your body and other physical things. Um, but yeah, I just, it, it was a funny way to put something that is actually like a serious thing Yeah, <laughs> um, and just like get you to think about it in that way of, like, oh yeah, like I do. There are things that, and everybody has something they need to work on. Everybody does, whether it's in their mind, in their body, in their, um, in their mental state, you know, disorders, different things. Everyone has something they are going through something they are working through. And some people have many multiple things that they are working through. 
Um, but I think just taking it slow, taking it one step at a time and making sure you're always checking back with yourself that you're not destroying that self-love in your growth process um, and always keeping that as part of your process is probably one of the biggest things of being able to have success in what you want to improve in and have lasting success in what you want to improve in. Yes. And 100%. <laughs> like you can't have lasting success. Like for me at my photo shoot, Linus, could I have done the process to really stay pretty close to that amount of leanness and still be pretty close to that lean right now? Yes. If I would have reverse dieted as strict as I should have, if I would have done like these processes, but because my mind was where it was at, my self-love was out the window at that moment. I couldn't be that disciplined to do that because I didn't love myself enough to do that in that mm-hmm. moment. And it, it's, it's a hard thing to swallow and to look back on sometimes. Cause it's like, man, that was like my ultimate goal was to be able to stay that lean. Right. I mean, and I couldn't have stayed exactly that lean, but, um, but like now it's funny because because I've done that work this last year to really work through that and to really think about that. It's like, I love the way I look right now. It's like, yeah, like I'm actually a heavier weight now than I was when I first started my journey, but I'm still very lean. So it's like, I'm at a heavier weight, but I'm in a much smaller size. Like I'm like four sizes down and you know, like I'm, I've been able to maintain that size, but because the scale goes up, like that's, that's the battle there. It's like, man, so is it, like it does my worth really revolve around the fact that I am heavier it's like no it it doesn't because I I really love the way that I look I love the power that I'm able to bring into the gym I love the endurance I'm able to bring into my horsemanship I love like I just love myself right now and I will say it is really really hard for me to think about going through like another cut or even growing at this point. Like it, it's really hard for me to think about that because I do love myself right now. And so coming from that point of view with, with people who, who it is scary, you know, it's like, okay, I finally found this place. It is a nice place to be in. It yeah. is really like, it's really nice because like for the first time in forever, like my stress is way more manageable. I mm. actually like the way that I look in the mirror. I love the way like that I'm just presenting myself and the confidence that I have in my own skin right now. And it is really scary. Cause like my coach will ask me sometimes like, okay, what's the goal? Like, what are we doing? And I'm like, well, staying the same, but I want to get stronger. You know, like that's always my thing. Cause I do, I, I live and breathe for strength. It like is my, um, it's my drug. <laughs> I love strength training. Um, but like, even just talking to you, like I'm having these thought processes going on where I'm like, you know, it wouldn't hurt to grow a little bit more, or it wouldn't hurt to do this a little bit more. Like why, why does that scare me so much? And some of it is that, that past of, but I don't want to be bigger, right? Because bigger means I'm not feminine. Bigger means not good things. So there is still that that is still holding me back a little bit. But then there is that I do love myself. Mm-hmm. And I like, and I don't want to lose that, you know? And it is hard to imagine because it takes a lot of work to go through that and a lot of discipline to work through going through a diet and being hungry and having stress go a little bit higher because that's how your body works to then also dealing with those thoughts that come up during that process as well. Mm -hmm. So I also give a lot of respect to people who do that and who do want to safeguard that. I think it's just checking in with yourself and going, okay, what is it that I'm scared of? 
Mm-hmm. You know, like me right now, like, and seriously, I'm just having these thoughts right now with Camry because, because it has been something I've been thinking about where it's like, why am I so scared to change now? Like, I am very much like, like, do not want to grow. Like I tell my coach, I'm like, I do not want to be in a hypertrophy phase. I want to stay in the strength phase because I do not want to grow my muscles. Like I want my muscles to stay the same because I still feel like there's still that piece of me that still feels like I'm too big. And I think for anyone else, like think kind of through the same thing. Like if you think about change, what is it that scares you? And what's the root of that problem? For me, the root of that problem is obviously I still have some work to do with that conditioning that I grew up with. And Mm. a lot of it too, is I am now living in that same small town. I just moved back to where this is my identity. Right. And (laughs) and it's, it's doing a lot of mind games with me this year. (laughs) I've had a lot of things to work through moving back here, but but that is something that is like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to work through this a little bit more because obviously that is definitely still there. Like I've done a lot of work, yes, but it's still there and I need to work on that route before, before I'm going to be comfortable enough to grow. And, but I'm going to say this too, it's going to take me jumping into growth before I'm going to fully be over this. Like, I know that, like, I am going to have to make that leap and say, okay, yes, Jeremiah, let's grow. Or yes, if, you know, if I have another coach, like, yes, let's, let's grow. Let's, let, let's do this thing. It's going to take me to do that before I'm going to be able to really uncover some of the root of the issues and work through them. So yeah. for me, it's just at this point, it's making sure that I am in a good enough place mentally to handle going through doing the root of those problems. Cause it's not, it's not going to happen if I don't, if I don't take that leap and yeah, it's not, and gonna... you don't take it. Not that someone's just going to shove it down your throat, but like you, exactly. you yourself are ready to do it. And exactly. that's a big part of, you know, again, the, <laughs> that loving yourself, even when you're bigger and it's, it's not going to be lasting results if you're doing it because society tells you you should be skinnier. But if it's something that you feel ready to do and you feel like you're in a good mental state, then you're going to be successful at it. And in the long run, you'll, you will find out how to find that self-love through, through the process, or even, you know, lose it a little bit through the process and then find it again and uh, just kind of follow your own journey. Mm -hmm. And I will say it is uncomfortable to do all this stuff, right? Like (laughs) it's not exactly like fun, (laughs) like not in the moment, but the rewards after it are huge. And if you're willing to go through that uncomfortableness and knowing that the other side, you're going to be a new person with 10 times more growth and 10 times more self-awareness and 10 times more happiness, then do the thing. But it is scary. And I do respect those people who aren't there yet. It's okay not to be there yet. Yeah. Um, but I also, I am a growth-minded person, you know, like, and I, and I want to be surrounded by growth-minded people. And so I do value having those kind of people in, in my, in my circle of -hmm. people who aren't just going to stagnate for the rest of their lives, who are going to search for more, who are going to lean into that discomfort because they want to grow and they know that there's so much more in store for them. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that being said too, I have taken a few sales calls where I don't even pitch my program at all because we've had conversations like this where they are at a place of they fully self-love themselves and they are not ready to move past that. So like 
like it, like I just kind of remembered the sales call I had with this particular girl. And it was this, I mean, we talked for almost two hours where mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, we had the sales call and the sell, it was great. And what we did, like, I didn't, I just, I just threw away like my entire plan because it's like, you know what? She's, she's not ready for, mm-hmm. for this growth. And that's okay. Like, I'm not going to shove that down her throat. So we talked oh. about, like, we talked about some things that she can practice, you know, some, some ways that she can, can do some things and, and just had a good conversation. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that was okay, you know, and it's okay to not be there yet and finding somebody too, who's just going to support you where you are at and then be ready for you to grow when you are there too is, is, is important when you're looking yeah. for a circle of people. Yeah. Having a good support system is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I will say from the horse standpoint, because this is coming up in my brain as I'm talking to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, <laughs> this is, this is a trigger for me. Growth also scares me because of how I will look on my horse. Like I said, I already feel like I'm big. Right. And like, my horse is a small horse. I, I don't know why I feel this way with her, but I am very self-conscious of like, if my husband videos me on her or I have like, somebody takes a picture of me on her. I'm like, man, I'm huge, you know, like, <laughs> like she's so small. And so part of me is, is like, do I really want to grow and look even bigger on her and, and all those things. And that's, that's interesting. Cause with, with riders who come to me, that that's a big concern for them as well. Um, and most of, most of the time right now, like I, I don't have any that are specifically in growth. Most of the time right now, it's like, I I'm afraid that I am like, they need to lose weight because they're afraid that they're going to outgrow their horse, you know, mm-hmm. or outgrow their saddle. So it's kind of a different, it's a, it's a little bit of a different thing where me, I'm thinking more muscle growth. Right. Mm-hmm. And even then it's just scary. <laughs> like I'm like, huh, like, okay. But, but I think that's like a real thing. Cause I don't know about you. I, when I look at writers and if you look at, at pictures or you look at really good top writers, most of the time, like depending on, and which, which thing you're looking at, but they're, they're petite little girls who look really freaking awesome on these big giant horses that they're able to control. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like you look at me and you're like, well, of course you can control that thing. Look at you. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I actually, so, you know, they have that, like, most people know there's this rough guesstimate rule of you and your tax should weigh less than 20% Mm -hmm. of your horse's weight. Right. But, um, I was reading this article that was talking about how it actually is more important, how you use your body, how, you know, like what muscles you use, how you move on your horse. Like you can be a little bit heavier than that 20% if you are carrying yourself properly on your horse, balancing properly, using your legs correctly. Um, and so, um, it's not just an overall weight thing. Again, that's kind of like using only the scale for your, Mm -hmm. um, for your comparisons and, and charting your growth is, you know, it's not just that 20% rule. It's, you know, how skilled are you? How good are you with everything that you know how to do on a horse? Um, so, it's not always just that. <laughs> if you are a good balanced rider, don't worry too much about it. Just ride your horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely something I have talked with a lot of students about, um, because I, I do have a lot who will come up and be like, well, do you think I'm too heavy for him? I'm like, well, when you ride, you ride beautifully. Like I could throw 
this other student on who isn't as good of a rider yet and who isn't as strong and she's like half your size and your horse would be super uncomfortable so yeah there's definitely after that person riding whereas with you they're gonna move properly you're gonna move properly and they're not gonna be sore after yeah yep no I love that and I love that reframe there be like okay Michaela (laughs) (laughs) you're not too big so no and and that's the thing like I I'm not you know and I'm not and I'm I'm sure people are gonna like see pictures of me or videos of me and be like oh my gosh why is she even thinking that you know (laughs) yeah but (laughs) (laughs) but like but it, it is a real thing you know that that mentality it's a real thing and it's it's something I feel like a lot of women especially in the horse industry are dealing with because Mm -hmm. we are told that and there are some mean people out there who are like why are you riding that horse you're way too heavy for that horse you should get a different horse and it's like hey you know yeah cut them out the block button is there for a reason and only listen to the people who are growth-minded and who are there for you and for Mm -hmm. your growth you know so yeah I mean it can be hard to tread there as as a professional um so like for me I just had a client come and ride her horse for the first time last weekend and um she's a little bit bigger than me right and I was trying to figure out how to explain to her that like her horse has only ever had me and my assistant which is she my assistant is also a pretty petite gal um and so I was trying to figure out how do I say this without offending her because she was actually a very good rider. She was very balanced. Um, but again, that's like you lifting 20 pound dumbbells and then all of a sudden you have to lift thirties or forties mm-hmm. or, you know, like it's, you're increasing, um, the, the resistance, the resistance. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out how to say that to her and be like, well, he is going to have to adjust to like your weight. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't want to offend her and be like, Oh, but like, you're huge or you're fat or you're, you know, because she was, she was a good writer, like I said, and, and he, it did take him a minute to, to figure her out, but it takes a minute anyway, to figure anybody, yeah. to figure a new horse out. Um, but yeah, it, it can be tricky these days to, to figure out how to talk to people in an honest way without offending them. Mm-hmm which is anyway, that's like a whole other conversation, but, but like, yeah, it's, it's it's tricky. Um, well, I think it, I think a big person and ride your horse, I guess was what I was getting at with that too, is she was a wonderful rider on that horse and he handled her just fine. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think in a conversation like that, if you just don't make it about size at all and just do like what you said, just you're, he's just going to have to get used to a new rider. Like he's, he's just been, he's only been used to me and my assistant for the last three months or two months or whatever. And just say it like that. Um, Mm -hmm. cause I don't feel like as far as weight goes, I don't feel like that's a new thing. That's a old age thing. Like you never talk about weight. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually, one of my, um, brother-in-laws, it was funny. We met, uh, we met one of my, um, brother-in-law's partners for the first time and, we were out camping and stuff and my brother-in-law's partner is really small um like really really small very petite and my brother-in-law is taller and bigger than my husband (laughs) it's a big guy yeah and so guys my my husband's six foot four 275 pounds 280 (laughs) he's a big guy so um anyways they were joking around about like oh I bet like, what do you outweigh him like by a hundred pounds or something? And I was like, I bet you're more than that. And I was, and then I just was like, Hey, like how, how much do you weigh? 
and I just didn't think much about it. But my, one of my other brother-in-laws was like, you don't ask people that question. I'm like, but why not? Like, we're talking about it, aren't we? <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I mean, I'm not doing it in an offensive way. And it's funny too, because it, like talking about this stuff has just become such a big part of my daily life that it's just not a big deal. Like, I'm like, so why? Like, why do you care? You know, like, yeah. you know, so it was just, it's just funny, but it is, it's not something I feel like, I don't feel like that's a new thing. Um, as far as talking about weight to offend people, I feel like you'd offend somebody, you know, 50 years ago, if you, right. if you talked about their weight. So, and it is hard. Cause as I said that I'm like, okay, but you're not riding a Shetland at, you know, 160 pounds right you know like there, there does come that point where it is a bit much for the horse but yeah, for as sure. long as you're being reasonable you know and you're yeah. you're being smart then and and you're working on your own fitness and your own strength you're totally fine I I think too like yeah you know it's like me being being worried about peanut <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah okay but I you know I do hold myself your well husband and, on peanut and that might be an issue right <laughs> Right. Exactly. And, and it is funny because that is something I've been actually struggling with, with my husband, because he is a bigger guy and trying to find a horse for him has been a struggle since we got married because he is bigger, but also like, and he's not fat. That guy is. Oh, he's, he's, yeah. He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so he's a rugby player and his thighs are like, quite a bit bigger than my waist like one thigh is bigger than my waist and like he's so he's a big guy um but trying to find horses that can carry him because he holds himself okay but he's also like his balance isn't as good as you would think it would be especially with him being a rugby athlete but um so I have noticed that like like you know my horse that we we have for him now I think could carry him a little bit better if his balance was a little bit better but even then after after a while our our horses are pretty tired (laughs) with him (laughs) even even when he is riding quite balanced um and so it it has been a struggle trying to find a horse for (laughs) a horse for him because he doesn't ride as often as me for one two but then when we do ride we normally go out and we're doing like 10 20 mile rides it's not like little rides so yeah um, so it has been it's been interesting trying to trying to balance that out and and approaching it to him too without making him feel bad as well it's 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 a hard conversation to have too where I'm like like his we got him a little mustang and when we got his mustang um it's really funny because his Mustang looked thick when we got him you know and yeah he was a little overweight but he looked pretty like like I was like oh okay and then he lost all of his like not all of his weight but he lost like probably 500 pounds after we got him and now I'm like hmm you're not as like thick (laughs) as as I thought you were (laughs) yeah and so now I'm like I don't know we might just have to buy another horse next next year like Eric hasn't even had time to ride with me lately I barely have time to ride anymore so I'm like maybe we'll just my new vaulting horse will just get next year send a Camry for six months and then (laughs) get yourself a warm blood yes oh I need one but anyways (laughs) that I kind of just rambled there but there is that fine line as far as the horse industry goes and that's definitely something that does hold me back as far as growing. Like, I feel like if I didn't ride, I may not be as self-conscious about like growing. Like if I were to grow anything, I'd love to grow my thighs and a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. But I am very self-conscious about how that looks in the saddle. Right. That's a self-conscious area for me too in pictures. Yeah. When your thighs are up against your saddle, they look bigger. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yep. And it's like, man, and muscle, you know, like just, just because it's muscle doesn't mean it's not, you know, like doesn't make me self-conscious. So it is interesting. Cause I feel like if I, if I wasn't worried about that, I probably would be growing them right now. So that's an interesting thought to have. I'm yeah. having lots of thoughts right now. I'm like, crap, I'm going to have to go like journal after this. and be like, Okay. <laughs> have some more to conversation, but yeah. overall you just, because you love yourself doesn't mean you can't shoot for more. Like yeah. it's not, it's not body hate because you want it to change. And that's, that's something to think about. Like just because you want to lose weight doesn't mean you don't love your body. Absolutely. Like that doesn't go hand in hand or just because you want to grow. That doesn't mean you don't love your body. Yeah. Yeah. You can have both. You mm-hmm. can love your body and grow. It yep. doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. 100%. And like, if I were to give anybody advice right now, who's struggling with it is start looking for things that you do love about your body. When I have um, clients that are really struggling with it. Like, and this comes up a lot when we're working through the reverse process is when it's like, okay, we really dig into the body love because it is hard to see that scale go up or not move or do whatever. So a lot of times the reverse process will start some very specific like mindset work affirmations and things. So one of the things that like I have one client doing right now is every day she has to journal three things that she loves about her body. And it has to be something different every single day she can't put the same three things down has to be something different every single day and what that does is it triggers her brain to look for the things that are good because it has to be different and that's one thing like with with affirmations and things or when I when I use it to try to to help change the way that your brain is working is doing the same thing becomes repetitive and it doesn't help your body look for things because it's like okay yeah I can write down the same three things every day Mm-hmm. but that's not triggering my body to, or my brain to look for the things. And that's the same with like gratefuls. Um, I'll have them do like a grateful journal where it's like, Hey, I want you to write three gratefuls and it has to be something different every single day. And that can be very powerful bringing somebody out of kind of like a, um, an Eeyore mood into a more mm-hmm. positive mood because it does trigger your body to be like, Oh, I've got to look for something good because I have to write this down today. Um, yeah. so those are some things that if you're struggling with this right now, that would be something I would have you do is sit down every single day, some write three new things that you love about your body that day. And I guarantee you like the rest of the day, your brain is going to start being going like, oh, wow, my body just did this. I'm going to remember that for tomorrow. Oh, and wow. Like, look at, look at this. I love that. Okay. I'm going to remember that for tomorrow. And it really just starts that process of getting you out of looking for the negative. Most of the time when clients come to me to lose weight, they're not at that place where I'm confident that they will love themselves after they've lost the weight, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's that mindset work at the end of the fat loss phase. That mindset work really comes into play because it is, it is 10 times harder to love yourself when you aren't growing or when you aren't getting smaller, Mm -hmm. it's a lot harder. So well, do you have anything else you want to talk about with this, with this topic? This has been fun. It's been a, like a fun back and forth. I've enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been a great conversation. Gets lots of thoughts going. Hopefully it, it has does. for anyone who's listening too. So. Right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, then I guess we'll sign off and I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Horsewoman Project. 
If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.